Let's go. Episode 12 of the Winning Program Podcast. You guys already know who it is. It's Domino Arth with the boss. EJ, let's go, boys. Episode 12. Big numbers out here. It's a dozen. So, yeah, yesterday was double one. Or not yesterday. The last episode was double one. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's a dozen, man. It's the amount of donuts I eat every day. Dude. The Krispy Kreme donuts go hard. I mean, yes, so Charles Barkley's a big fan. Yeah, which, oh my goodness. Yeah, look at him. What? Who said that? <laughs> I, I know it's just All right. keeps keeps on joking with the uh, the donuts and Charles Barkley. I've heard those jokes. They're pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, with this NBA season opening, we've had a lot of great games. We've had a lot of great teams showing up, showing out. Um, this Two nights ago, we had a really nice game to watch in the New York Knicks versus Chicago Bulls. So, Dom, the Knicks looking pretty good, huh? Knicks, they're not they're not only looking good. I mean, you know, four and one in the East, yeah. And uh, with, with that Bulls game, the three point shooting they had with uh, R.J. Barrett, you know, Kemba Walker, and you know that defensive presence in Mitchell Robinson when he's back and healthy, and uh, obviously Julius Randle. Man, you forgot points. about Evan Fournier. That dude's playing oh, yeah. like Clay Thompson Clay... this year, bro. And Clay Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Evan Fournier is Clay Thompson the way he's shooting. Dude, I left out Fournier. So we were recording this episode yesterday. I kept and I mentioned Fournier. <laughs> then I forgot to leave him out today. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, especially in the Celtics. Technical game. difficulties. I know. But yeah, Fournier, you know, he was a great pickup. Replacing uh, Reggie Bullock, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyways, yeah, big upgrade for the Knicks, and even that Celtics game in that that overtime. Yeah, it was their overtime. Double overtime. Double overtime win with uh, Fournier dropping thirty two. That was crazy. Yeah, and the Knicks are all around doing good from the three point line. Yeah, man, it's great to see this team. You know, um, obviously last year some people thought their season was a fluke. You know, Julius Randle played incredibly, first ever All Star appearance for him last year. Um, and then the Knicks were a top five defense in the league, really elite at, in that department. But then this year they come out and they're coming out with the same fire and intensity on the defensive side of the ball, playing like a top three defense. I think it is right now looking at the ratings. And then even then with the additions of like Kemba Walker, you know, Clay Thompson, a.k.a. really Evan Fournier. Um, I know. And then like the internal improvements by like RJ Barrett, like they have elite three point shooting and um, they have elite defense. And I mean, this seems going to be really good in the East. A lot of people sleeping on them. Yeah, I definitely. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I think they are sleepers because really not. I'm not really hearing discussion about the Knicks like, yeah, based on what other, you know, basketball fans think. I just haven't heard much of the Knicks. It's it's more of the Bulls too. Um, oh man, he's Kansas. getting me on the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, mainly they've been talked about, and I think the Knicks should be in that same topic. So, uh, yes, sir. They're both four and one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the thing for the Bulls though was that um, while the Knicks have played some pretty good competition, you know, the Bulls' schedule hasn't been oh so <laughs> difficult so far yet. Yeah, they played the you Pistons know, if twice. I... <laughs> yeah, the Pistons, like, come they on got, now. You yeah. can't really flex about that. Yeah, so, you know, they played the Pelicans without Zion, um, um, the yeah. Pistons, Raptors. 
So yeah, they haven't had too many hard games yet. But um, this like tonight they're playing the Utah Jazz, which we know is a top defensive regular season team and great three point shooting. Then after that, they got games against the Celtics, a back to back with the 76ers. They got the Brooklyn Nets. They got the Warriors, Lakers, and Trailblazers. So they have a really rough stretch of games coming up ahead of them. And I think that's kind of like what's going to show how good they are. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, basketball fans talk about that. Just let the season play out because there's a lot of talented teams waiting to play each other. And 82-game season. I know. Dude, I'm pretty excited for this season. I mean, we we know the, list, the listeners think that, but the Wing Program podcast... We're pawns. (laughs) For real, man. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Chicago Bulls, like, it's really nice to see this big four that they've assembled for this um, season, you know? Lonzo Ball, or as Dominic likes to call him, what you call him? Lonzo Hustle. Lonzo Hustle. Yeah, whatever. Then you got got, um, Zach Levine, who's been there a while. You got um, DeMar DeRozan, one of the best mid-range shooters in the game right now. Yeah. And you have Nick Vucevic, a good three-point shooting center. Um, I think you really have a lot of talent with this team, you know. And one thing people aren't really talking about is how good they've been on the defensive side of the ball, you know. Obviously, we're like, oh, this team, they got some players they can score, right? But we didn't really know. We didn't know if they could play defense, right? But, like, let me find this for you. I saw this tweet out that came out um just a few days ago, it was like Tuesday, um, and it was so it was like after four games played, right? Not the Knicks game that happened on Thursday night, but right here, yeah, I was like when they were four and zero, yeah. So it was like Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, and Nikola Vucevic stats when they're on the floor together. Their net rating is plus plus seventeen. Okay, that's solid. Offensive rating one hundred point six. That's solid. But their defensive rating was an 83.6. It's like these dudes are playing good defense. And I'm not really sure how to feel about it because it says that their opponent's field goal percentage when they're defending them is 37.3%. And then their opponent three-point percentage is like 24.4, right? So their opponents aren't shooting well against them at all. I don't know if that's like a fluke, but um, if this is anything to go off of, that means that this team's going to be much better defensively than we really thought of them to be. Yeah, that could make sense right now because, you know, they've, they've had two games against the Pistons, and both times the Pistons... <laughs> the Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> the Pistons. <laughs> both times... They, yeah, both times they did score in the 80s, so... Yeah, I, I definitely see where that, you know, that defensive presence on the Chicago Bulls can come from. Yeah, but now that you do put it in context, it's not as cool anymore because, like, they played the Pistons without Cade Cunningham. Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, they're still missing uh, Cade Cunningham. Yeah, um, apparently he's starting practice up again. I believe it was yesterday, but there's no timetable for his return on his small ankle injury. That's great news to hear, but, uh, yeah, we expect the Pistons to – they're a tanking team. You know, they got a lot of young, long, a lot of young talent, so – We'll see how they fare. Yeah. But now that we even got into this rookie talk a little bit about Cade Cunningham, let's talk about Evan Mobley, man. Dude. That dude, Evan Mobley, is a beast. Yeah, bro. He's been having you know good games recently, especially the one yesterday. He dropped 26 on the Lakers. 
Oh man, you're telling me. And this dude, I like when the draft was coming out, I was telling people, yeah, Cade and Jalen Green are everyone's favorite players to yeah. look at at this draft class. But I'm really into watching Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley is playing like an elite defender already in the league. The way he's switching onto perimeter players, protecting the rim, his help defense IQ, and then um, his rotations. Like, the dude's incredible. I yeah. love watching him. Yeah, I'm, when he got drafted, uh, you know, there can be some comparisons. Like, I heard one comparison I forgot it was from, though, that, to Bill Russell. I thought it was pretty interesting, but, yeah, he definitely Interesting. I know. He definitely has a defensive presence when he's on the floor. Especially in that game against the Lakers yesterday. He, and him scoring, too. It's a threat. Yeah, I mean, and the dude's playing well, you know. Right now, he's putting up averages of 15, 8, and 2. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna find how many blocks he's averaging as well. I think that's important. And he's averaging 1.7 blocks per game and 1.3 skills per game. So he's really helping this Cleveland Cavaliers team defensively, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're a team that's, you know, that also looks, looks kind of good. Because they have two talented guards. They have the defensive presence. And uh, Mobley. And Mobley and, and Allen. Yeah. I know they're running in the same lineup. It's a, it's a big they're lineup. running a huge lineup. They got Markinen at the three. Markinen, he's like seven feet tall playing Dude. small forward in 2021. Yeah, Tank run running three centers. Uh, it's interesting to watch, but they're not playing bad, you know. Yeah, Almost beat the Lakers. Yeah, they did. Huh. Yeah, they did beat the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, it's not too hard to beat the Lakers right now, anyway. So that shouldn't even that shouldn't even be talked about yet. But you know, yesterday the Lakers got the dub. LeBron. Oh, finally. Yeah, LeBron gets the former. But team. man, we'll push that to the side. Dom, I know you've been watching a lot of Golden State Warriors games. You've seen their depth. You've seen how good Dude. your MVP pick has looked. So, so what you seeing over there? Dude, what am I seeing? Okay, so what am I seeing out west? So we're going from the east, and now we're heading to west. Yes, sir. But all I've been seeing is, you know, if you guys tuned in the last episode, you're seeing my MVP pick, Steph Curry. Absolutely going on <laughs> in this case. But, yeah, but I'm, even in the um, the Grizzlies game, I mean, that was just a good point guard a point guard duel. I mean, you saw Curry. John ja Morant. Yeah, and Joff. They, they both threw up, like, over 30. Yeah, you saw. Yeah, you saw Morant slash the, you know, they slashed the Warriors and you know, handed in their first loss. But the Warriors are four and one. They they beat the Lakers on opening night. Steph has mm-hmm. a triple double. And yeah, you've seen shooters like Jordan Poole, you know, trying to step into their role when Clay Thompson's out for now. I think I think they're. They'll be a great team. And they have Draymond Green, you know, that defensive presence. And I think Still a top defender in the league. Yeah. And, yeah, they're still out Wiseman, I'm sure. Yeah, I think they are still out Wiseman. Yeah, and the funny thing, we say all this, and, like, they're really good right now, you know. Yeah. But um, we got to also realize that they do have Klay Thompson coming back in December, January. Like, that's going to be really big for them especially off this other tweet that I saw come out a couple days ago. So I think I sent this one to you. Right now it reads, third game in a row, speaking on the third game being the game versus the on Thursday night. Um, so third game in a row where Steph Curry has 
been completely neutralized in the fourth quarter by constant double and triple teams. Golden State needs a second dynamic playmaker badly to make defenses pay, blah, 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 blah. But this problem will be fixed when Klay Thompson comes back. And seeing the way Curry is playing, added with a Klay Thompson that can just hit in a three-point shot, are the Warriors good enough to be contenders again? Yeah, so, yeah, you're going to see these teams, you know, obviously double, triple Steph Curry because, you know, what he's doing. What he's doing so far. He's scary. Yeah, he's putting up. He's put up crazy numbers. And, yeah, when Klay Thompson comes back, it'll definitely give him, like, it'll, it'll give him a second hand. His splash, bro, to start draining some shots. But if the Warriors are contenders, I think they can, I think they can definitely be contenders. Just got to see, you know, how Klay comes off injury. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll probably be, I think it'll be successful. And I think the Warriors, you know, they're, they're looking like a mid seed in the West, um, I think, and right. But they'll the- avoid the play in tournament, right? Yeah, I'm sure they'll avoid the play in tournament. Especially- yeah, no one wants to play in that crap. I know it's dreadful. I mean, especially for the Warriors last year, they they lost to the Lakers and then the Grizzlies. They- yeah, yeah, those were two. But games, speaking though. of the Grizzlies. John Morant is going off and making a case to be the fifth best point guard or a top five point guard in the NBA. Yeah, so the dude's I, a beast. Yeah, I talked about um, you know, John Morant absolutely slashing the Warriors yesterday. Slash. And it's not only or the not Warriors, bro. Not yesterday. It was Thursday, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was Thursday. But um, yeah, you also saw him against the Clippers and that Lakers loss. He put up like forty. The dude is, the dude owns LA currently. The way he's playing, he's been incredible to watch. You know, right now he's coming off averages of thirty-five and eight, um, and he's getting to the rim at will. You know, there's literally no one in the league that right now can guard him. He's getting past his defender, collapsing defenses, and just getting open shots for his team or making the most insane layups like he was last weekend versus the Lakers. The yeah. dude yeah, is we, elite going to the rim. We saw him uh, scoring, but dude, he also opens up plays, you know, for his other players. That's why. Man. I mean, with Steven Adams on the team, I mean, just that big to pass it to. And, you know, you got players like Jaron Jackson, you know, just like open up, open up some other opportunities for the other players. But yeah. Jaron Jackson's going to have to be good this year. Yeah, bring that defensive presence, you know. And three-point shooting. And then, uh, but talking about three-point shooting, wait, isn't Josh shooting like forty-one percent from three this year? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think, I think, yeah, he's in the forties range. I'm, he's in the forties range. I know that. But that's elite. He needs some uh, all-star recognition. Definitely. Um, hopefully he gets it because yeah. he's had to go crazy for people just to give him respect, myself included. You know, I was never a big fan, but watching the way he's opened this season, it's like this dude is big time, you know? Yeah, he's definitely yeah, he's definitely a threat from especially scoring. And yeah, making plays too. Especially especially in the Lakers game. They they definitely get the Lakers all. Ja gave it all. Mm-hmm. He gave us all they can. Yep. Yep, man. 
And um, obviously, uh, right now, the season is young. You know, we got an 82-game season. Most teams have played anywhere between four to six games to this point. So there's not much to go off of. But the episode to the the title to this episode will probably be something like early season strides and struggles, blah, 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 something like that. And right now we've talked about the strides taken by teams like the Yeah. So we've talked about the strides taken by teams like the Knicks, the Bulls, Warriors, and then players like John Morant right now. But I think Yeah. But then I think that there are also some players that have had some surprisingly slow starts to the season. Like James Harden. Oof. Dude, I I really think it's because of the new uh, the new rule change with fouls. You really think that's it? Just the new rule change no, with not, fouls? I think that's like a good part. I mean, not to just Harden, but to other players too. Especially because. Hey. Huh? No, no, no. Oh, especially because like when you know, like the three point the three point uh, shooting foul. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely like you know, most players have been doing that, and it definitely it, it probably took a hit on the production, like points wise and yeah. Because Harden, he's also De- attempting less free throw attempts. Yeah, we say that. Except last night he finally shot nineteen, nineteen free throws last night. But um, in the four games previous to that, he was averaging just about. Was it? Oh come on! No, I gotta find. These stats for you, man. Oh no! How do I find free throws per game? Like, like before that, he was literally averaging like three or four free throws a game, um, and that's just seriously uncharacteristic for James Harden. Last year, he was averaging about seven. The years prior, eight, twelve, eleven, ten, eleven. So really, these new free throw, like these, the foul baiting rules that the NBA is put into place have really affected the start of this season for him. You know, he's not getting some fouls when he's going to the rim that he thinks he should be getting. But um, also, I think another thing for his that contributes to his struggles is um, the weight that he's put on. Like, when you look at him, he's clearly overweight. Like, there's no denying it. He's definitely, yeah, it looks like he's definitely put on, like, you know, a few pounds. You think he went to Krispy Kreme with Charles Barkley? Dude, he probably... Yeah, he probably, uh, you know, just got a few munchies and, yeah, just just went ham on the donuts. <laughs> oh, man. But um, on a serious note, um, obviously, during last season's playoffs, um, James Harden, he did have a hamstring injury yeah. that prevented him from playing well in the Milwaukee Bucks series. And um, he went into the offseason um, training um, and trying to heal that injury do physical therapy and stuff like that. So that could be also another reason why he's not in full shape when the season does resume like it has. But um, there's a problem for the Nets, you know. They don't have Kyrie Irving anymore. It's just yeah. James Harden and Kevin Durant. And, I mean, who else on that roster can you really rely on to get you 15, 20 points a night, you know? Yeah, not having Kyrie, I mean, it definitely – well, it's definitely the reason why the – the Nets are de- dropping games, but a player that can, yeah. a player that can like try and step up. I mean, just gotta turn to your shooters, especially they have Joe Harris. Yeah, 
Oh, that one rookie. Um, yeah, what's Cam his Thomas. name? I think Cameron Thomas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beast from LSU. But uh, yeah, just try to try to get a look to some of these younger shooters until hope you know Kyrie needs to come back, help his team. Yeah, I don't know how much they're gonna trust Cam Thomas. You know, obviously he is just a rookie, and to yeah. put that type of pressure on a rookie like that, like we need you to score, we're trying to win a championship, we need your help. I think that's really big. But um, you know, I think they're just gonna need an overall contribution from the players. Um, in their work, in their win versus Philadelphia last Friday, Lamarcus Aldridge was big. Um, he had about twenty something points. I think it's like twenty four, twenty five. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so he helped James Harden and Kevin Durant in that game. Yeah. Uh, and then you obviously have players like Joe Harris that you can depend on to hit three-point shots. You have Patty Mills who opened the season really well. So um, they're just going to need contribution right now. And James Harden to play better to help Kevin Durant and for this Nets team to be in a good position when the playoffs come around and um, when it's time that for Kyrie Irving to finally return to the team, which I do believe will happen eventually. Yeah, I believe it'll happen too. But we're seeing, I just noticed some. So both these super teams are both three and three. But oh man, super teams, super teams, yeah. But again, it is early in the season, you know, like like we'll always say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we can start off slow. Yeah, I think we can, we can all say that we we expected these teams to have a little bit of struggling at the beginning, but it was, but it's always surprising when it comes in the fashion that it has right now. And um, before we close the episode, the topic of the Los Angeles Lakers and their problems, I also do want to talk about another big contender out west, the Phoenix Suns. Um, Nick Suns, dude, my team. Yep, I believe they started the season off. Is it one and three right now, Dominic? Yeah, currently the Phoenix Suns are one and three, including, including a uh, game-winning buzzer beater they dropped against the Kings. Well, well that got dropped on them oh, by yeah, the Kings, them, yeah. by Harrison Barnes, who owns your franchise now. What? Who said that? Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the Suns came out. They opened the season with a loss to the um, Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um, and they responded to, to that in a big way, going to L.A. and humiliating the Lakers. Yeah, you saw they – I mean, dude, they were shooting like crazy in that game, especially from the beyond the arc. But And Chris Paul. Yeah, this recent game, I was going to say, I mean – against the Sacramento Kings. You saw D book, he had he put up he put up over I think he put up thirty one. DA Yeah, it was like thirty one, thirty two, yeah. Yeah. And Deion Jaden, you know, the star center who did not receive his max contract. Has to work for it. Put up twenty one Pay him his money. Twenty one rebounds and twenty one points. So that's pretty good. But you you look at Chris Paul, he put up six points, one of ten off field goal. So for me, that's like, that's definitely a reason why they dropped this game. Obviously, if you go one from ten field goals, I don't know. I don't know how you can even win. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna win like that. Yeah. Um. One thing that often goes unnoticed with the Phoenix Suns, um, and behind their big run to the NBA Finals last year, is how good their defense was in the playoffs. They played great defense versus the Lakers. They played great defense versus the Nuggets. 
They played pretty good defense for well no they played great defense versus the clippers as well you know and then there was only so much you could do with the personnel versus the bucks in the finals but the suns made it to the finals because they played great defense and right now while the season is early they are a bottom six defense defense in the league yeah i said that correctly right yeah so like What's going on? You know, you have players like Mikhail Bridges. You have DeAndre Aiden. Um, you have Chris Paul. Um, you even have Jay Crowder, who are all supposed to be really good defenders to help solidify this team, but they're just not playing like it. I know. The, the Phoenix Suns, I'm saying, the, the reigning Western Conference champs. <laughs> oh, man, you're never going to let that go. You're never going to let that go. But... Yeah, I mean, especially in the games against the Kings. Just saw three just no defense at all, I mean. Buddy Hill almost almost dropping thirty points. Seven of eleven beyond the arc. Yeah, and Harrison Barnes too, he had twenty two. Yeah, so two two uh players with over twenty points. I don't know. Definitely Phoenix something they gotta work on is the defense presence and the shooting. Because, I mean, it's it's been off sometimes, you know. Like I said, Chris Powell. Shooting one of ten. You know, that's the thing. The Suns are at their best when Chris Paul and Devin Booker are getting whatever they want and DeAndre Aiden is dominating inside, you know. Yeah. But on the games where you only have two of those three working, sometimes it doesn't always work out, you know. And when Chris yeah. Paul, the leader of that team isn't taking enough shots, I just don't know how the Suns are really going to play well without him helping offensively. Yeah, this is def- I think this is definitely a game he'll bounce back from, you know, especially in the season. You know, I think I think the Phoenix Suns, just like, you know, teams are, like, great teams are struggling early. I think they'll definitely find their groove, like, when the season just mm-hmm. goes on. But yeah, the talent's there for, the talent's there for the Suns. Yeah, I'm still having hope, and uh, Javale McGee off the bench is also it's also it's also looking solid. Especially when Da goes out, you have that you know that other defensive presence that can you know try to slow down teams, and McGee's perfect for that. Yep, and I guess that's it for the Suns. You know, um, we saw what they did last year. And we know that they're capable of doing that with Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and DeAndre Aiden all getting better. Um, this team definitely can make it far in the postseason again. Definitely far time. But the one team that is taking all headlines this early season, rightfully so, is the Los Angeles Lakers, who have been, frankly, terrible to this point in time. Um, they come into today with a 3-3 three and three record, which is so kind to them because I personally believe they should be 1-5 in five or 0-6. Oh like, it wouldn't even be a stretch to say 0-6 oh with how yeah. poorly the Lakers played. Um, I think this is where I'm going to go into my tangent about branding on how terrible this team has been because I'm a, Le- I'm a LeBron fan. I want the Lakers to win this year. Um, and obviously, the super- this team's fit is pretty different, you know. Mm-hmm but it has the potential to work, you know? Yeah, I mean, for the Lakers, they, they had 
they had a close wins against the Spurs. That that went to OT. And then And the Spurs are trash. And then the Thunders game, which before the Cavs game, I mean, they had a big lead and it it dropped. The lead dropped. I mean, we were talking that day. I was I came home, I was in front of my computer, I was working on stuff. Then I was like, oh, goodness, I already missed the first half of the Lakers game. I wonder what the score is. I see that the Lakers are up 70 to 44, and I say, wow, they're playing well. I have no need to watch this game. Yeah, so, you know, I go I go on with the rest of my day, right? I go I go get a haircut. I eat yeah. dinner. I'm, I'm relaxing. Then I check my phone, and I see the Lakers are down 110 to 104, and I say, what the hell happened? <laughs> I mean, they did not have LeBron that game, but if you have a big that's game, not an excuse, I man. I know, but they if they did have LeBron, it would just look it look way worse, you know. But I mean, AD had thirty points that game. I think Westbrook had a triple double, and he got ejected, but that was the end of the game. Nah, Westbrook had a quadruple double, triple oh. double, and then quadruple with like ten turnovers. Yeah, he had ten turn. I, yeah, I forgot about his turnover count. 10 turnovers. Yeah. yeah, that definitely yeah. contributed to the loss, but you know, do. Mm-hmm. And then Malik Bond Obviously, that game. Oh, man. It like, doesn't matter. They lost. I know. Yeah. But, but um, obviously, when you have, yeah, but when you have a team like this, you know, it's always going to come down to good fits, how you put those players together, right? Yeah. So, um, why is DeAndre Jordan starting? Why is DeAndre Jordan seeing NBA minutes on a contender-level team in 2021? Yeah, Especially when Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James are his teammates. Like, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense to me either, especially when he gets, you know, 14 minutes and then he gets taken out. I think they should just they should run AD at the 5 instead. And the problem is it seems like he doesn't want to run the five, even though that's what he's going to have to do if the Lakers want to win another championship. Mm-hmm. That's what he did in the bubble. So he's going to have to do that again if they want to win. So um, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, we can sit here and we can complain about lineups and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, a lot of this sport comes down to effort as well. And the Lakers are lacking so much of it. Like execution. The past two seasons, the 2019-20 season where the Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA championship and the 2020-2021 to season where LeBron James and Anthony Davis were both injured for more than half of the season, regardless of those injuries in that second season, in both the championship winning season and last year, the Los Angeles Lakers were the best defensive team in the NBA. Because think about it. When you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you're going to score buckets, right? You're going to get those buckets. But if you base your team on solid defense, that's just going to make it even harder to beat you. And then with arguably the best defender in the league in Anthony Davis and a great defensive leader in LeBron James, you have a team that has foundations in defense. And did I forget, Frank Vogel, the coach, is an elite defensive coach. He's coached the top 15 defense in NBA history before, like the Pacers back in 2014. So um, the Lakers had everything going there for them, you know. As we said earlier, the Suns made the finals last year Mm -hmm. because they had great defense. 
The Bucks have great defense. All these top teams in the league, except like the Nets, have really good defenses that help them in these big games, you know? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, definitely the defensive presence, especially. That's how, I mean, that's how they've dropped these games because on, you know, their lack of defense. And, yeah, definitely last year and the year before it was definitely a change. And it's definitely a change in defensive play, but I'd say it's like, because this year they have like basically a whole like a new roster because they sign you know a lot of like veterans so mm-hmm. I think it'll take something used to and yeah for this team yeah they do also have um Taylor Horton Tucker one of their better perimeter defenders injured um we have Kendrick Nunn injured um Wayne Ellington hasn't played yet I think Ariza's well Ariza's Nunn and Ellington aren't yeah, Ariza is a big defender who hasn't played yet. But um, regardless of that, in the past two seasons, the Lakers have been the best defense in the NBA. But through six games this season, they are number they are bottom two, number twenty nine in defensive rating. Yeah. That is horrendous, and that's the only reason they're losing. Because regardless of these Westbrook turnovers, the bad lineups being put on the floor, LeBron. A and D and Westbrook not really coming together yet. Yeah. They're scoring points. Yeah, <laughs> they're scoring points. enough points every night, but they're letting in far too many, you know, whether it's poor defensive execution, not getting back on fast breaks, um, bad switches or miscommunication. They are not playing defense. And if this doesn't change, there's no way that they win anything this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like you said, these three guys can def- they'll definitely like throw up, you know, they'll, they'll throw up big numbers, you know, every night. But if you lack defense, it's just tougher to, you know, keep competing um with the other team on just scoring. I mean, it- last NBA season, they let in an average of 106.5 points per game. That was the best average in the league by almost 2 points. No, by almost three points, in fact. Was it? Uh, I think, maybe. Something like that. They were, like, the number one. They were, like, number one. Yeah, they were number one last year, and Knicks were, like, number two. Um, But then this year, they're letting in, like, almost 117 through six games. Like, you can't keep on letting these points pile up. Um, So that's a big problem for the Lakers, but obviously we'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll change the starting lineup. Trevor Ariza gets healthy. Taylor Horton Tucker gets healthy. And their defense gets back to where it used to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, they have players out like Ariza who can, you know, possibly start. No, he is going to start. That was the original starting lineup until he got injured. And then Kent, Kent Bazemore. Don't like him. <laughs> I want Kentavious Codwell Pope back. <laughs> he definitely we want KCP. <laughs> yeah, he definitely hasn't been a good fit so far, you know, shooting wise. And his defense is good, but yeah, his defense is good. not shooting. But I mean, I think that's the beauty of this 82 game regular season. We have a lot of time to experiment with things and see how everything works before, you know, the playoffs roll around because that's the only thing that matters. Dude, that's when it gets um, real playoff time. 
Real time, man. But yeah, with that, I mean, I think that's it for episode 12. You know, we're going to keep on watching this season. We're going to watch how things play out. The Kyrie Irving situation, obviously. The Ben Simmons situation. Um, yeah, but it's going to be real fun to watch. A lot of teams are going to surprise us with being really good or really bad. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Evan Mobley, <laughs> the best player in his rookie class. He could be the best player in his rookie class. Very well could be. We'll see it, man. But with that, I think we're going to wrap up episode yes, sir. dozen. So we're wrapping up episode dozen. Yeah, it's a crazy season. The NBA's 75th anniversary. I can't, you know, like I said, I can't wait, you know, for the season to keep going. And that will wrap up a wrap up episode 12. Yes, sir. The Lakers are looking so bad that they might even drop the game. Lakers in five. Dude, it's always Suns in four. Go Suns. Oh, my goodness.